You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to What's Your Backup Plan with Olivia Valley and Fiona McIntyre, answering Aunt Karen's age-old question, one episode at a time. I am recording. I, too, am recording. On this brand new mic. On this brand new mic. Oh, yeah, you got a new mic. Yeah. That's fancy. It is fancy, and uh, I hope you. that we are sounding crystal clear, crisp. Sounding nice and crisp. Nice and crisp. Nice and crisp. Nice and crisp. <laughs> nice and crisp. You could do something ASMR. You, that could be your survival job. Honestly, I might. What's your backup plan? It's this. You still have to wash your hands. Wash your hands. How's your week going? Mine's going good. I uh, went to the beach twice this week. Oh, my dream. What a time to my be alive. Um, and things are picking up in the entertainment business. So that's exciting. Yes. Um, but other than that, everything's good. How about you? What's good. going on? It's it's life's good. Things are busy, which is good. I uh, what day was yesterday? Saturday. What, what year? Oh, we is went it? for a Unclear. hike. What year is it? I don't know. We went for a hike with the dog. We went for a long walk with another with our dog and a friend's dog yesterday. It's just been lots of outside time, and it's really freaking hot. So oh, like, God, yeah. like outside, and then four hours of air conditioning, and then outside, and four hours of air conditioning. So it's you know, I can't complain. Balance. Can't complain. Yes, can't complain. truly. Uh, um, you know who we also can't complain about? Who our guest? If you would love Kristen to introduce them, Fiona. Litzenberg, Kristen Litzenberg, <laughs> ASMR. Big She's man. a photographer. No, we're not going to do the whole. Can you imagine if we did a whole episode like that? I Maybe that would actually up our our audience space. Unclear. I feel like there's a lot of people who are into that. Yeah, I today am not. we're talking about musical theater. <laughs> um, Kristen Litzenberg is our guest today. Kristen Litzenberg of KL Photography. <laughs> I love a segue. I just I just pretend they don't exist and I jump into the next topic. Anyway, we're here for it. We're here for it. She's a. An actor, a singer, she got her start performing, uh, went to AMDA, graduated, did some amazing jobs, um, went on tour, and then has always sort of dabbled in photography, but we get to sort of hear her story about how she made it her, not her survival job, like her, this, I almost said like her thrival job, and then I caught myself, I like, like thrival no, job. Fiona. I like thrival, thrival job. Can job. We, can we make that a term? Your your thrival job, like your anti-survival job? Like she quit her nannying job. She is photographing humans for a living. And loves um, And it. has been through the pandemic. If you saw our new um, cover art, our Instagram uh, photos, that's all kale photography. She is amazing She's and thriving at her thrival job. So when you look at our Instagram and go, wow, beautiful photos. I wonder who took them. Now you'll know. It's her. all right well enjoy our interview with Kristen. have so much fun and wear spf i was literally you read my mind i was about to sign off with wear spf what else is more important in your late 20s wear spf wear Wear spf SPF? and drink your water drink your water and tuck yourself in by 9 45 or if you're like me one o'clock and have regrets the next day (laughs) <laughs> that too, so listen that to Fiona not me please okay bye 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 welcome Kristen to what's your backup plan hey. Hello. the official Wibup photographer oh boy it's you 
How are you? Where in the world are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm at my home in Weenock. Wow. Weehawken, New Jersey. I was going to be like, Weenocken. We West New York. No. Um, Weehawken, New Jersey, which is right across the river from New York. I like to call it like the, is it the sixth? Are there already five boroughs of New York? The, yes, the sixth I think. Borough. The sixth borough, yeah. Yeah, we're, I can look like straight down 57th Street. So I'm basically. I could wave at you. Yeah, I'm on 42nd right. right on the water. I could just stick my arm. Maybe like I'd get like a laser pointer or something and I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, across. yeah. Get the best awesome. from Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so before we talk about like what's going on for you right now and starting your own business and all the cool, cool stuff you're doing, can you tell us a little bit about like your background and how you got started in theater and what grown up life was like for you? Not grown up, growing up life. <laughs> what life was yeah, like while we're you were doing growing up. Really I'm just going to well stop today. talking. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in uh, Westchester or the Unionville, Pennsylvania, both, I guess, um, which is about 45 minutes southwest of Philadelphia. So not too far from here. Um, both my parents are music teachers. So I guess I got that bug pretty early on. But I also played soccer growing up. So I was kind of like, wasn't one of those actors who was like, I've known since I was four that I wanted to be an actor. Didn't care. Didn't think about the life in front of me besides what was happening in the moment. Um, so I always did a lot of singing, but also played sports and loved to play instruments. Um, and then I knew I didn't want to be a music teacher because that I would rather be in front of people, as <laughs> I said, I guess when I was like 10. Um, so yeah, I guess when it was finally time to make a decision, when they were like, you're a junior in high school, you should decide exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life, which is wild to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what, but is, I didn't even know. I had never even seen a Broadway show. That's what's wild to me. And I was like, I'm going to go into theater. so close. I know. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I saw like a few tours coming in through Philly and had seen theater at high schools and things. Um, but never saw a Broadway show until after I decided I wanted to be in theater, which wow. is crazy to me. I don't know why my parents were le- weren't like, that's dumb. Um, but <laughs> they supported me, thankfully. Um, and then, yeah, so then I went to AMDA in New York. And I guess the rest is history. I don't know. <laughs> Here we are. And you've done some pretty cool things. Like you were on the Sister Act tour, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I did two years. So if you don't know a lot about AMDA, it's a theater conservatory school, also a college. It's a little confusing. But I did two years in New York and then finished with another two years in Los Angeles where I finished my BFA. Um, And after I graduated from Los Angeles, I booked the Sister Act tour, which was really crazy because most tours book out of New York. But they, I guess they were, they hadn't finished casting and they um, came out to LA at the right time for me and ended up choosing two people from LA. Wow. So, and then book, cause I, I, I had asked a few people on the tour afterwards, like, Oh, when did you get your contract? They got it in March and I hadn't even auditioned until April. So wow. it was really, really lucky. And it happened be. that I graduated the week before final callbacks. So I was already back in Pennsylvania. It was like it, when people talk about timing in this industry, it was like one of those moments. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was lucky sure. enough to do the 
I call it the domestic tour. People would call it a national tour. Um, and I say that because then I did the international tour um, about two years later. So I was kind of doing Sister Act for like three years there. That's amazing. With cool. our, our recent guest, Nicholas Edwards, too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Love Nick. Nick and I were, yeah, we did the domestic tour together. So he was, he played Pablo and I was in the ensemble of nuns. We're and then stunned. you were a nun again, oh, right? God. Honestly, to be honest, most of my professional career has been playing a nun. And <laughs> I would really like to change that. <laughs> like, if someone would please let me change that, I would love to do that. That would be solid. But Two then, very different types of nuns, though. Like, yeah, one so where you're scrolling your face off, right, and then yes. one where you're like, la. Can yeah. you talk That's, about that? Yeah. yeah about doing so, Sound of Music? Yeah, I did Sound of Music at Gateway in 2019. Gateway is out in Long Island. Um, I absolutely loved it because it was like, it felt like summer camp. Um, it's in like a beach town, really fun vibe. Um, and it was definitely different for me going like, well, one, getting into a nun costume again was like, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> um, but definitely, definitely a, a completely different vibe of a show, obviously. Um, and that was really fun because I finally got to work, not tour, not have to wake up at 6 a.m. in mm-hmm. the morning and and get on the bus and travel around or, or spend months in Asia, which was amazing, but very yeah. different. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. And I'm, I'm actively seeking non nun roles. Non nun roles. Non-nun roles. <laughs> yes. That is the 2021 move. Yes. Yes. I'll put that in my like resume, actively seeking non nun roles. Put it in Will your website not put too. on a habit for less than 3000 a week. Literally. <laughs> truly. Truly. I literally Maybe said at one point a on a minute just to up the <laughs> Yeah. Right. I said at one point to the cast, to the wardrobe person on the domestic tour. And I was like, I, Daryl, I just want to be a pretty girl. Like I'm tired of wearing these like bags of the costumes. Yeah. Literally sheets, curtains. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So ready, ready and ready for it. But in the meantime, you've been doing quite well with your photography because you have your own business for it. So when did you start? taking photos and how did you learn photography because for those who don't know it actually requires skill and knowledge to be a photographer <laughs> what's that not just what's my that? iphone 12 right, not just right. my like, i don't have an iphone 12 portrait mode weird <laughs> yeah 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 i know thank you for saying that because sometimes i just want to like knock my head in when people are like oh your camera takes really great photos i'm like oh oh okay go ahead camera. Like, camera you take everything that's like, like saying your feet yeah. do really good dancing like yes. yeah no like your hands do really good writing like no they would be limp yeah. without my functioning brain but okay <laughs> exactly yeah so speaking of sister act when I was on that national tour in 2014 2015 um we didn't when if you're on I was on the second national tour so a lot of the times the second national tour is the non-equity version and you're doing the smaller cities and you're doing a lot of one-nighters so we don't get a lot of opportunity to do things besides just explore whatever random town you're in. And so a friend of mine, we're really into, even in the three hours we had, we would go explore the local town. And this was right when Instagram was becoming big. Like it was turning into more than just pictures of your food. So we, um, we started taking pictures of each other on our iPhones around the town and all of a sudden, and I enjoyed it, 
And all of a sudden people were like, oh, Kristen, you take good photos. Can you take them for me? Because now I want, I want that photo too in this town. And so it was interesting that I became like everyone's Instagram friend. But then there were people <laughs> who were like, you guys are always taking photos on Instagram. Like, that's so obnoxious. Well, here I am, six years yeah, later, so doing it as my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you can laugh your way to the bank. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Fine. Um, yeah, so I started doing that, and that Christmas I asked for a, a real camera, a DSLR camera. Um, my parents were ever so gracious and got it for me, and I, I watched endless YouTube tutorials, looked online, because and it's it's really just a bunch of trial and error. Like, it's really like, you got to try it, you got to play with it. Um, Because even though you could buy the best gear in the world, if you don't know how to use it, it's not going to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, iPhones are really almost foolproof, or even just camera phones are pretty foolproof in terms of like, it does a lot of the work for you. So it it was a lot. And I I started out thinking I wanted to take headshots, because that was really the only photography I had been around. Um, so did a bunch of headshot photography for free for friends, you know, learned, eventually learned how to use, you know, the editing apps, Lightroom and Photoshop and things like that. And now it's kind of turned into something completely different, which is, um, I call it, a lot of people call it personal branding, which part of me wants to just throw up when I hear branding, but (laughs) it's true. Um, and it's a lot more fun for me than just like pictures of people's faces. You know, we're, we're, we're as actors, you know, we're emoting. I'm trying to get people, I'm trying to make, you know, a big part for me is when I take photos, I try, I'm trying more for myself to stop paying attention to how beautiful I look and remembering those moments, like remembering the memories that I'm creating. And that's why I love photos so much is I love looking back years later and being like, Oh God, remember that feeling I had during that moment? That was amazing. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of why I do it. And now I'm doing doing this and it's interesting trying to think about what my life's gonna look like now that theater is coming back. Totally. Totally. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about where you were in your life and and where your business was when the pandemic started and how that sort of evolved over the last, I don't know, 14, 15 months? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I had think I had just said to my fiance, um, <gasps> "I feel like this, your fiance, yeah. yay, your fiance." At the time was was my boyfriend. Your boyfriend. Um, I remember when we shot with you, you were like, yeah. "Oh, I don't know, like we're gonna maybe we'll get engaged soon." And like, <laughs> we'll a couple see. Months. Literally a month later, I think because we a shot month in later, like, yeah. October. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, had no idea, and yeah. So at the beginning. From January till February and March, I felt like I said to him, I was like, I feel like this is my year, which everyone has this story. I had already felt like I had been seen. I had made it to the end, like final callbacks were a few things, like big equity houses. I was like, okay, getting called in specifically from certain casting directors. I was like, okay, the momentum is happening this year. I feel like I'm going to do it. Then, you know, we all got knocked on our butts. (laughs) Like, oh, actually, never mind. That's not happening. Um, And spent you know, like most people basically doing nothing in my house. Um, I was a nanny at the time as my survival job. I was doing photography, but very minimally. Um, and so as, as we were sitting in quarantine, I, I, every once in a while I'd pick up something on my Instagram and try and 
post a photo or things, but for the most part, I was really down, really kind of sad. I had no, I didn't want to be creative. Like for the first time in my life, I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to do anything. So I just kind of took a break. And then all of a sudden in August, um, a friend of mine submitted me for someone who was asking for a photographer to take pictures for their 30th birthday. And I was like, okay, it's August. We're feeling a little better in the pandemic. Like I can go outside. I'll wear my mask. It'll be fine. Did this with this random girl. (laughs) And I was like, wait, I really enjoyed that. Like, let me actually see if I could do this again. And once I found that momentum and found that drive again, it was like almost immediately things started to pick up. So I quit my nannying job. I went back to my nannying job for two weeks, quit. I was like, after the pandemic, I was like, I can't put myself through this anymore. Like, it really made me reevaluate my life in terms of, I'm not just going to do this because I need the money, which of course everyone Mm -hmm. needs money. But like, I was happier making less money at home in a pandemic than I was working at this nanny job, which is something to be said. Um. So I picked up the photography again, started getting really serious about um, marketing on Instagram, um, revamped my website, and by December, I was doing it enough that it was enough to really quit any other job that I had, and now we're doing this full-time, which is, like, nuts because, you know, this time, no, I guess, you know, the time, the beginning of the pandemic... That wasn't anywhere on my radar. I always dreamed of being able to have my survival job, quote unquote, um, as something that I could do for myself and make my own schedule. Um, yeah. But I never, yeah. I don't think I really truly believed that I could do it. So here we are, wow. then we're doing it. You did <laughs> it. so good yeah. at it, my Less than God. a year. I, That's I, the thing, too. Like, less than a year in a panoramic. In a Panera. <laughs> in the middle Panera. of Panda Express. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's, I mean, I feel like that's, that's like the definition of like finding something you love and being able to pivot because you, because you can put in the work because you love it. Right. Like if you, if you were like, well, I guess I'll become an accountant. It would be, I'd imagine it would be much harder, but because you love doing it, you're excited Mm -hmm. to learn. Like that's just, oh, that's, that's so inspiring. Well, it it was also crazy to me that like, I finally did it. And I feel like it's a personality trait of mine where I kind of get comfortable where I am. And I don't push myself, even though I have, I have the capability to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and this happens in other aspects of my life and we could go into that, but that's not this kind of podcast. Um, I mean, that's part two, two. (laughs) that's another call with my therapist. Yeah. So I think it was just like, it was finally the right time and I didn't let myself get too lazy (laughs) and just not do it. So here we are. But so with being a photographer, every photographer has their own style. So how did you find your style slash your aesthetic? Yeah, I don't, that's funny. I don't think I've ever been asked that question of like how I chose this kind of style. I started off really gravitating towards what they, what they call in the industry. That sounds really pretentious. Light and airy, which is very, you know, you're going to have a lot of white. You're going to have a lot of everything's bright. The exposure is really high. But the problem is we live in New York City. So I, you know, I, I found these things called presets. A lot of people 
um, if you're not a photographer, you would think of them as filter. Like, like Instagram has all those filters you can choose, or there's a bunch of filter apps at this point. Um, presets that I use that I can kind of use that are already, already set up. So I don't have to do as much in editing. And I found these certain ones and I use this certain pack and it's kind of changed a little bit over the years. And I add, I've added more contrast. I've made it because the architecture of New York city doesn't always lend itself to light and airy. Sometimes we need to be a little bit more moody, but the problem is you want your, your stuff to be consistent. So how do you make it consistent? And it's, it's in the same way of like when you are acting or when you're in theater and tips of performing arts, like you're growing as an artist, like you might start off at 18 singing songs from Les Mis and that's all you do. And then by the time you finish school or you're now you're 30, you're not 18, you know, you're not necessarily singing the same way that you were then. Like if we listen to recordings of ourselves at 15, 18, you know, they're not quite the same. Exactly. So I have to remind myself that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way of looking at it. That like your, your photos are going to change the way you, the way you look at things is going to change as you, I mean, also I'd imagine as trends change too, right? Like I think of how different headshots were even 10 years ago. Yeah. The trends for headshots now, and I'm always kind of paying attention because I do offer headshots trying to make sure that they're like relatively kept up to the trend. But no, when, I, when we were leaving college, it was all about like shooting outside with the city backdrop and things like yes. that. Now the trend is in the studio, solid color backdrop mm-hmm. with like a matte look to it. Um, and, it and it's going to change again. It could go back to exactly what it, it was. And you just have to yep. keep. And I mean, think before that it was black and white. Now it's in color. So it, right. it's always going to change. And it's, you know, that's why I learned this through working at a casting office. That's why people sometimes still do, but used to list their their hair color and their eye color on resumes is because photos are black and white. So now you don't need to. Right. Now say, I take yeah. it off your resume. I've never actually thought about that. That's hysterical. That's why. It's because like, everybody, you couldn't tell Obviously my photo somebody's... is blonde hair, blue eyes. Right. Like, why right. do I need to write why this? Why do I need to tell you again? Yeah, that's so <laughs> I love funny. That. What is something that you wish people knew when they asked you to do a session, like for exposure for free? Oh God, the worst. <laughs> just like gave me the worst. I get, especially recently, I've been getting a lot of Instagram DMs, and they they like to word it very, you know, they like to hide that they're asking for photos for free. So mm-hmm. the, the big the big word is let's do a collab. Like I'd love to collab with oh. you and classic that's great like proud of you but I and and that for you but not for me (laughs) right because I get where they're coming from we all start from somewhere right and you you Mm want to be able to to have that you know professional look on your Instagram when you're trying to sell whatever you're selling whether it be you or a product or whatever you're selling so I guess you got to shoot your shot Um, and you will find people that will do it because when I was, you know, younger in my, in my career of photography, you know, I would have done it because I, I don't think however many, how do I say this? I would have done it because I needed it for my portfolio. Nowadays, I don't feel like I have to, which is a big win for me because of imposter syndrome. We all kind of live in that world of like, Oh, I'm just starting out. Oh, I only have 700 followers on my Instagram. 
You know, people mm-hmm. think your amount of followers equates like your pricing equates your, your talent. And that's not true. Um, so you got to kind of stand up for yourself and learn how to price yourself and how to value your time. And that's something I've had to learn the hard way because I am such a pe- people pleaser and I want to be able to be like, yes, I will do that for you. Um, and then I get burned on the back end of like working for hours on a session that I made no money on. Right. And it's as much as like, I love doing it. I still have to pay my own bills. So yeah, exposure right. does not pay bills. Well, and yeah. when you finish a session, you spend hours like calling and editing photos, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not yes. like, Oh, I'm there it's for an hour with you session. and then I'm done. Right. So you guys see, you'll see, you'll see the price and you'll see how much, you know, I offer for that price. I usually break it down by, you know, this many hours of shooting, this many photos will be delivered. Well, on the back end, for every, I want to say every half hour shooting is probably either 45 minutes to an hour of editing. So depending on how, if we were lucky and got really great light and everything was perfect, but sometimes we weren't and I have to go through and find the good ones, the ones you're not blinking or making a weird face because I want you to look good. I'm not about to give you a photo where you look horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so not horrible, but you know what I mean? Um, right. so yeah, it's, it's a lot on the back end, and I try and educate people rather than just shut them down because I want them yeah. to, to like succeed. But sometimes I sit there and I'm like, how dare you? And I have to remind myself, no, these people are starting out too. Cause I'll look at their pages and be like, okay, I get what she's wanting, but, and I just, I need to kind of check myself too sometimes Mm -hmm. and kind of come at it in an educational way rather than uh, get offended that they ask me to do that way. I wanted to ask about your, your recent photo shoot. You did like a branding, a photo shoot for a brand. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So that was really a crazy, exciting thing for me. And I will, I'll tell you a little secret on here too, that I haven't told anyone else. Um, inside scoop here to here first folks that was one of two brands that I worked with that week and um that one was really crazy because they just kind of blind emailed me um and at first I was like this is spam because I've gotten those before um but they were really you know upfront with everything and and you got to be careful because sometimes you know I get worried that I'm gonna be like yeah let's do it and I deliver images and like all of a sudden the money isn't there and it's just like a crazy thing so you got to be careful and protect yourself. But they blind emailed me because I guess they Google searched me, which was, I was like, oh, I guess my, you know, analytics are working and things that I'm doing is working. And we shot their part, some of their summer campaign. And it was really fun for me because I got to, you know, find models and kind of do the art direction and direct it all myself, which is scary, but it ended up being amazing. And the client liked the work and I'm going to work with them again, which is really fun for me. That's awesome. Um, so it really felt like one of those days, as much as I was like nervous and anxious going into it, um, once it was over and it went really well, I was like, wait, I can actually do this. Like this was, this was one of those moments where I had to sit back and be like, you need to stop with this imposter syndrome. You need to stop doubting yourself because it is possible and you can do it. Um, yeah. So it was really fun. Hell yeah. That's such a powerful experience to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, like, even as, I mean, as actors, worth. you know, this, like you, we've been singing and dancing and acting for years now. And sometimes I still walk, I have those days where I walk into the audition room and I'm like, 
you know, I, I don't know if I can sing. I don't know if I can act. Like, do I sound good? I don't know. Right. And yep. and especially now with people getting back to work after a pandemic, we're all so unsure as to, like, whether or not our skills will still be there. Um, and I literally had a voice lesson a few weeks ago now at this point just to, like, check on it. And I was like, <laughs> is it still alive? Like, I don't know. Um, so it's totally okay to have those feelings, but yeah, getting to work with a brand, I was like, I'm actually doing the thing that I kind of set out to do, which was really fun for me. Um, and I also, that week, it was a kind of a good jumping point because that week I also worked with Pret-a-Manger, which is like a international coffee company, um, and did a bunch of stuff for their social media too. And I had that full circle moment, which I talked about earlier, like, Remember that time when people were making fun of you for going around little Lexington, Kentucky and like taking photos of coffee and yourself over and over and over again. And now I was paid money by an international brand to go around New York City and take photos of coffee. coffee. I hope that maybe like with more actors who found other passions that kind of, so our last episode was with Caitlin uh, from Multiply, Multiply It. And she talked about like finding something that you're good at, that you can make money with, that also like brings you joy, is your passion, is something that uses your skills. I have this hope that like those actors who found that thing when they go back to auditioning, especially in person, that there's less of this like desperation or less of feeling burnt out by your nannying job, by your serving job, because like you can go to an audition once or twice a week, not feel like you have to go to every single thing. And then in your downtime, you're still feeling creative and fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I don't think I realized how burnt out I was with my nanny job. You know, I always was a little afraid to leave it because it was kind of like my lifeline of stability. Like I mm-hmm. always had that Monday through Friday after school nanny job where I had a little bit of flexibility because they let me call out for auditions if I really had to. And I was like, you know what? This is the life. But it was right. not the life. <laughs> that lifestyle of, you know, getting up at for recent years, it's been like two or three in the morning because people are staking out and camping out overnight. Like I went to that SpongeBob open call a few years ago where it was Holy. like people brought camp chairs, which is insane. <laughs> and, like nobody should be like and in those conditions no. and expected to have a great audition. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I think during the pandemic and as like, there's been a huge shakeup in casting and, 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 and things like that. And I think we should, I hope, I hope that we don't just like go back to our old ways. As much as I complain about these video auditions, because now I have to be a cinematographer and a sound engineer. Um, And I also just, I just, I miss the lack of human connection. Mm -hmm. Like going in a room, I know that I thrive in the room, not in on on the camera singing to no one. You know, I, I thrive getting to like show those people who I am as a human and um, I hope that we don't necessarily fall back into old ways. Um, but I know now that I'm getting older and this has happened to all of us, I know that I'm not willing to accept things that I was willing to accept then. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I hope that the actors can all agree. I mean, you're always going to have the people that are going to be desperate enough or be open enough to letting that happen. And there's nothing you can do about it. But I think for your own self, you know, self-worth and your own self, your own sanity, you got to make that decision for yourself. 
you know, what am I willing to do and what am I willing to not do? Um, but yes, that toxic, toxic environment I'm hoping is a thing of the past. Yes, please. And thank you. I had a conversation with a friend about that 2 a.m. thing a couple weeks ago. My friend, Sam St. Jean. Hey, of Buzz Broadway. He was on our podcast too. Um, and you know, like, I think it's time we stop blaming other actors for that because yes, it's crazy that you have to get in line at 2 a.m., but that's also how you get an audition and get a yeah, job. Like it's yeah. set up to fail. Right. And that's not, that's initially not the fault of the people who are setting up the auditions because like it used to work, but my dream is that when this comes back and we're doing non-union auditions, we have some sort of appointment system, pre-screen system, stuff like what Wojcik and C is doing, like where they do typing by headshot and resume ahead of time. So you know, if you have to wake up early that morning, it's just, I, I want to walk into post pandemic with no blaming other actors for the shit. Yeah. Actors yep, you're have right. to do Absolutely. because it's not their fault. Yeah, and I think a lot of times actors are afraid to call out the casting companies and the or just the people who set up right the system because the producers, they, the, yeah, whoever, producers, yeah, and anyone because everyone has someone higher above them for the of most course, part. Making they're the reporting too. Yes, and but Always. the actors all turn on each other because that's the only way to do it. It's also as, easier, but, which most people accessible. as humans do. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and if we can figure out if we are capable technology wise to have video auditions and live callbacks, then we can figure out a way to do a pre-screening or something. something I mean, but even before the pandemic was happening, some of the casting companies were like having you send in videos just to double check that you could sing for God's sakes before they were bringing you in for an appointment. Like I was doing Mm -hmm. that with Stuart Whitley a few times. Like they were doing that totally where they had you do something and then they'd call you in again. And it's, it just saves everyone time. I could go on and on about this. Right. Oh no, totally. Well, it's access (laughs) too. It's like, it's like if everyone could film a couple 1632 bar cuts, so it's not like you're filming something new for every audition, you send it in. If you're right for the project, they give you an appointment. It's like, we, the ability to audition shouldn't be mandated by like, how good of a survival job do you have? How much money do you have saved to book off work? Like it should, oh yes. Oh, this is a whole other podcast. (laughs) Access to auditions and how we can change that for, yes, equity and equality and access is all, all starts with the non-union open call, I think. Yes, yes, really. If we fix, Mm -hmm. if we fix that, then the rest of things will fall into place. I agree. I hope so. I hope so. I think uh, there's there's some change coming, hopefully. hopefully. Um, speaking of, I guess we've kind of touched on this, but uh, are there any other like changes you hope to see in our industry with theater reopening? Yes. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to, speaking of, you know, access and equity and things like that, to be able, because I have this business set up, you know, I was able to kind of pay attention and go to the, the March on Broadway. And even though I'm not in the union, I felt like it was important for me to go because it's important that unions work for the people who are in the union for God's sake. Literally. Sakes. Like they're, they're <laughs> literally, one job they are not doing. And if, and if right. And if, if yeah. my goal is to be in the union, I want it to work for the people who are already there. And for me, hopefully in the future. And it's also just good to, to know what's happening. Um, and be and be informed and not because my goal recently has been to kind of leave the non-union world and join the union world and it's scary to me that it's so messed up yeah it's um and so I hope that the needs are met of 
the the members um, and that the equity starts showing up and that there's way more inclusivity on Broadway. And yep. inclusivity for me includes um, anyone in terms of race, in terms of disability, and in terms of body um, visibility. Yeah. Because that's something that I can speak on. I have, obviously, I'm a white woman. I don't have any you know, experience being a non-white woman. So for me, I like to bring to the table the body inclusivity situation. Um, I've been multiple sizes in this industry. You know, I started off, even in college, I was, I'm always going to be a little bit bigger, but um, I went from being small to being a lot larger to now I'm kind of like in a medium section. And it's hard to feel like you're put in a box and, you know, like everyone is in the theater, you go to school and everyone says, this is your type and mm -hmm. these are the songs you can sing and there's nothing you can do about it unless you completely change yourself in an unhealthy way most of the time. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I could see, I've, I started to see roles for me change as I gained weight, all of a sudden the boxes got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's upsetting and hard for me to accept. Um, but I hope, and we've had these breakout roles recently you have. Um, but the, I don't want that tokenism in the same it, way that yeah. anyone doesn't want tokenism. It shouldn't be a like, big there deal. shouldn't just be the yeah. two fat girls on Broadway and they're the only two people who can play those roles. And then, then the roles are all just funny and right. that's not. And, and even as a photographer, I've had clients be like, I need that what I call the fat girl headshot, which is, and I use, I use the term fat because that's the term that I choose to use. Some people say plus size, some people say curvy. So I'm not saying that in terms of someone else. I choose to say the word fat, but the fact there's that, a like, whole language there is around like it, a category for it shouldn't yes. be the thing. It should just, I'm right. here to take photos. Hi, how are right. you? And I don't feel like, I mean, I've had that question when I've gone to headshot photographers, like, are you funny? then we should, we should make one of you laughing. And I know exactly what they're talking about because we've all seen the headshot of the girl with her mouth wide open, hysterically laughing, because that's the only roles on Broadway for us or in theater for us. And it's unfortunate and it's hard when you don't feel like that's who you are on the inside. Right. Like, I think I am funny, but I'm not that kind of funny. I'm sarcastic and a little like to the point and dry, but the roles that I gravitate toward are not those roles, mm -hmm. but I have to play that Mary Patrick in sister act right. because there are no other options for me. And so I'm hoping that through this pandemic, they're writing more roles for people that don't, that all look different and can play. And we don't care about what people look like when they go in for the show. We're going in and playing animals, for God's sake. It does not matter what size right. you are. Yeah. Alphaba is the only the only requirement for Alphaba is that she is green. Yeah. It does not matter what anything else looks like. Yep. I always, you know, would think when they I know when they're when the casting breakdown says Angela, twenty five, girl next door, beautiful, things like that, that I wasn't welcome in that submission. And even though they said nothing about like true body size, I know what they're talking about. And so I would hold myself back from, and some people might say that's crazy, but that's the reality of the, of the industry. 
So it's, those are my dreams and hopes. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to believe that this pause will bring about change. Um, But I'm not sure it will. And that's the skeptic in me. So I'm a little nervous, but, and it's hard for me when I see these statements from on the breakdowns, it's like, we, we are looking for, you know, actors of all colors of race, ethnicity, ability, but then body type is left out of that inclusion statement. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just not sure if that's going to happen. And that's, that's just like my one, that's my one fear is like whether or not we're really ready to do that. And, um, it'll be interesting to see because, and, and it's, it's complicated because I'm on this like fitness weight loss journey where part of my decision to do so was because I was not working and that shouldn't necessarily be a thing, but is the reality of our industry and I'm, I'm enjoying it. So I'm doing it. If I was, you know, not enjoying it, then I would stop, but it's just another complicated thing. And I, I think just like how we were having this conversation of whatever actor is correct, right for the role, if they can sing it, if they can act it, then it should just be who it is. And Mm -hmm. if you're willing to take, as they would say, take a chance on someone who wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't think would be correct, they could blow you out of the water. They could be the next big thing. They could be the next person that will transform theater or will make a connection with someone in the audience. Because a big thing is that people are saying Broadway is like, um, when people go see the shows, the audience doesn't necessarily see them on that stage. You like that little kid in the audience wants to see themselves on that stage. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can get there one day. And um, I guess we'll see. Fingers crossed. (laughs) We ask our guests every single week, what is inspiring them? Uh, If you've had any inspiration at all. And if not, that's also okay. But (laughs) what has inspired you this week or last week or, you know, this month? I don't know. I think which is kind of way out of what I do, but I've been working some weddings recently. And now that weddings are like coming back and, and things are coming back, just walking down the street with my mask in my hand and not on my face is like inspiring me to just like be out in the world again. Human connection is so important. And having that, show in my photos or in my acting it's like feeling like we've accomplished we finally are getting through this has been inspiring to me lately yeah and um you know as everyone was saying like the best creativity has come out of like the darkest ages of our of our civilization Mm -hmm. and I think it's true I think people are feeling like they have nothing to lose anymore so they're putting out that art that they were afraid to before this time yep. because we were yeah. all trying to just get as many followers as possible in the quickest way possible. But if I feel like posting a photo that doesn't match my aesthetic on my feed, I'm going to do Hell it. Yeah. Like I don't care anymore. That, yes. Cause every time I've stepped out of the box or taken a risk, I've been okay. Like you just have to accept that it's going to be fine. And sometimes I'm more than okay. Sometimes exciting things happen. Yes. Yes. I love that. That is so, so important to hear. If you leap, the net will appear or bigger than a net, like 
a whole bunch of people with their arms out for you will be like, yes, we got yes, you. Yes, we got you. Yes. Exactly. We appreciate you. We see you. Exactly. Kristen, we appreciate you. We see you. And this has been such an inspiring, moving conversation to have. Thank you so much for joining You're us. This has been this has been awesome. You're, You're the best. Just, thank you guys. This was so fun because I got to talk about all the things I love. Yes. And we're we're more than just one type of person, and that's exciting. What to a me. concept, right? Yes. What a concept. Yeah. How can our followers find out more about you and follow you? So I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, I'm not on the TikTok because I am 30. Um, but I am on yep. TikTok, I but I do, do nothing on it but watch ridiculous videos. It's, it's so for the kids. Instagram it's is where kids. yeah, we'll it <laughs> it's where kids. it's at. So you can follow my photography page at at KL Photos. KL is spelled K A Y E L L E Photos. Um, and my personal page is at Kristen Litz, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-L-I-T-Z. Hell yeah. <laughs> and to our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We are wishing you a week of optimism, fulfillment, and never, ever sticking to your backup plan. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to What's Your Backup Plan on the Broadway Podcast Network. To support our podcast, check us out on the Broadway Podcast Network app, Rate, review, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Backup Plan Podcast. See you soon. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.